This is News Talk on the VOCM Bigland FM radio network. The views and opinions on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your News Talk host, Linda Swain. And a good Monday afternoon. It is uh, Greg Smith jumping in for Linda Swain. Over the course of the next hour, we're looking for you to discuss what's happening around your communities. And, of course, lots of news to discuss over the weekend. And, of course, today as we uh, kicked off another work week together. And, well, we've got some guests already lined up for today to talk about some of the things that have been going on that are top of mind and top of discussion. So if you want to chime in, here's the numbers. 709 273 211 or 188590VOCM that is 8626 once again 273521188590VOCM that is 8626 well we're going to go right to our first guest of the afternoon had the pleasure of spending some time with this person yesterday during a very successful Janeway Telethon, the 39th annual, wrapped up yesterday just about uh, just under $2.4 million raised. Rebecca Dutton is the CEO, president of the Janeway Foundation. Good afternoon, Rebecca. Good afternoon, Greg. How are you? I am fantastic. You must still be on cloud nine. Uh, we are. We are. We are over $2.4 million and climbing. Uh, the donations are still coming in, and we are just, uh, just so, so delighted and uh, honored. The generosity of the people of the province came through they always do they always do yeah they always do no doubt about it and i know with the climate of things around i mean fundraising is not the easiest thing to be doing these days uh i know 2.5 is probably an ambitious goal for anybody but i know the need is there for that money uh so you guys must be pretty proud to have been pretty close to that mark yeah, absolutely. We knew uh, kind of going in. So much of the fundraising for Telethon happens in the months and weeks leading up to the event. So we did expect things to be down because we do get those reports from all those, uh, you know, projects and companies that have been fundraising that things were down a little bit because of the challenges that, are, you know, families are facing. Uh, so we're actually pretty shocked at how generous people were over the weekend. Um, it's been, like I said, challenging for families, and they really showed how important that their children and grandchildren's health is um, now and for the future of the province. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, I mentioned the 39th annual telethon, uh, and this was the first telethon in a few years. It kind of felt like we were getting back to normal post-COVID, hey? did. It really did. So many people around, tons of families, tons of kids. Um, we really didn't have, you know, we're always we're always still cautious because we deal with a vulnerable population, but it was really wonderful to have uh, kind of that energy back and mm-hmm. have so many people there to talk about their stories and the impact the hospitals had. It's amazing, too, to see what fundraising goes into it. I chatted to a young girl yesterday who runs a duck race, uh, and then chatted to another fella, Miles, who, uh, who's who been fundraising for 15 years, and he's done everything from lemonade stand to lobster sales and stuff over the years. I mean, it's pretty remarkable you see the support that you guys get through all these different initiatives and how people step up time and time again. It is. It is. It's all for the hospital, um, and, and that's the thing, and that's why we all do this. Um, it is because, you know, the, the sick children can't do it on their own, um, and that's why, you know, people like you get involved. And that's why we're we come to work every day because it's you know the kids and the and the nurses and the doctors and the all the healthcare team can't do it 
do this part for themselves. So we can, this is the part that we can do. And we're out here just on behalf of the kids because we care. Now, Rebecca Dutton's on the line. She's the CEO, president of the Janeway Foundation here during News Talk this afternoon. And Rebecca, we mentioned a big fundraising amount, but obviously that money is well needed. We talked to uh, you and I a couple of times yesterday and, of course, a couple of weeks ago during orientation. But what is needed? What, what's, I guess, on the wish list for this year? But I know there's so much more than that. But what is this money helping you do? Yeah, so this money in particular on the weekend um, is is going to, you know, buy the tools that help make kids better. Uh, so we're kind of sharing it throughout the telethon, but this money in particular was funding surgical equipment, diagnostic, diagnostic equipment um, primarily. So things like a mobile CRM, an eight-plate system, an ultrasound machine, things that are going to help get kids better quicker and speed up those diagnostic procedures and the surgical procedures and allow, you know, gets, let's us do our part in, in alleviating some of the really big backlogs that we're seeing in those particular areas. You know, one of the things uh, when it comes to this technology, and, and we, we fundraise every year, obviously, for different pieces, but with technology advancing and things just growing at such a fast speed these days, these equipments uh, get better and better with each passing year, and obviously they don't have that long of a life before they're probably a little outdated, right? You're exactly right. You're exactly right. And it's just like it's just like any of your things at home, your uh, your fridge and your uh, your car, uh, you know, it, there's, there's better technology out there for one thing, and, you know, we do need to replace over time. I think we learned at the hospital a couple of weeks ago when we were there, Greg, that, um, you know, there's an, uh, an older ultrasound uh, machine over there that, that is on its last legs and it overheats and it, you know, it's, uh, and we needed to make sure that we had better technology. We need to make sure that we're, we're able to let these, uh, these amazing healthcare professionals see what's going on inside kids. Uh, so, you know, and it takes a while to get this, this equipment in place. Uh, so we need to make sure that we're ahead of the game and getting, getting the money in place so that they can get them ordered. Yeah, no doubt about that at all. I mean, obviously, uh, people know the need that's there. We saw that come out in full uh, full force yesterday, and and seeing some of that that uh, you know that generosity that we we know Newfoundlanders and Labradorians uh, coming through. And obviously, I mean, you wouldn't be able to do what you guys do without the funding that that comes in. Because I mean, how else would you be able to fund this equipment? I can only imagine a price tag with inflation on certain things that we're buying day to day, but with this equipment too. Yeah, it's it's really remarkable, and and like you said, the prices are going up. Um, it is it's unreal. I was, funny enough, I was talking to the doc, the hospital this morning. They've already ordered the eight plate system, uh, and they're they're so so excited. Uh, they watch and they, they they volunteer and they get involved too because um, you know they 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 need this. Um, how it works each year, we we had talked a little bit about this. We get a list of requests from the hospital, and they they want you know they love to give us more, and it's hard for them to prioritize prioritize because we could never raise enough to fund all of the things that either that they need or that they could use or the new technology uh, that's coming out. Um, you know, we'd love to be on par with some of the other children's hospitals in the country and be offering that kind of uh, th- that kind of technology to our kids and, you know, doing doing new and advanced things through AI. We are doing some amazing things, but, but we're, we're still in, a, a, you know, catch up and replacement in a lot of situations. Um, but as soon as we're able to say yes we can fund fundraise for these things they'll order that equipment um and as soon as it arrives we'll send the funds over Uh, but it's a bit like ordering a car at this stage and Mm -hmm. and it takes a little while to get the equipment in place um now it's a bigger project like some of the multi-year multi-million dollar projects that we've been uh committing to over the last few years like the ct scanner or the pixa system from last year those require tenders renovations it upgrades major equipment purchases 
changes, system redevelopments, all of those things. So those are multi, multi-year multi projects and, uh, you know, multi-million dollar projects. Uh, and that's, they're funded by the community. It's amazing. We hold the, hold the money for those projects until the hospital needs it. And it's usually done in phases. And uh, But when we make the commitment to those projects, we, we hold the money for those. And that money can't be used for anything else. We do get that question sometimes from people. We want to make sure people understand that. Uh, so the money that was raised over the weekend uh, is for a little more standard uh, equipment that they are so grateful for. And they are excited to order and place those orders. Like I said, eight plate systems on its way. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. no, it's phenomenal. And obviously, uh, you know, this is going to be happening again next year. But this one coming is going to be the 40th mm-hmm. anniversary. And I know you guys don't rest. I said to Ruth yesterday, I said, I guess you'll get tomorrow off. She goes, oh, no, no, no. we're right back at it today. And, uh, yeah, you got to start planning for the 40th now. A big year on the way. It is. It is going to be a big one. So, like, from a performance perspective, uh, we're going to make sure it's, uh, you know, even more impressive for the viewers and, and all of those things. But we've got a lot of substantial projects and a lot of substantial needs that the hospital has. And over the last few years, giving has been quite challenging with the pandemic and inflation and kind of one one hit after another. Uh, so we're really hoping that as we head into 2024, we'll see things shift in a positive way here in the province and that we're going to, you know, show the show the province the biggest and best telethon ever. And we're going to set a goal that's the biggest and best so that we can really, really impact, uh, you know, show some transformational impact over at the hospital. Rebecca Dutton is the president and CEO of the Janeway Foundation. I'll give you some time for some final thoughts. Well, if anyone wants to uh, continue to give, of course they can do that. Go to janewayfoundation.nf.ca or call our office at 709-777-4640. Thank you. Thank you to the community. Um, You know, Children's Health has seen a lot of challenges over the last uh, year. In particular, the stresses and strains have been uh, just unprecedented. So the support from the community to make sure our kids are getting better at a critical, critical time in their development is just spectacular. And we couldn't possibly do any of this without the community and without volunteers like you, Greg. Thank you very much. And if anyone has any questions, 709-777-4640, please connect with us. Ask ask away. Yeah, for sure. Rebecca Dutton, it was uh, great to see you over the weekend. I'm sure it won't be long before we cross paths again. Thanks for the opportunity. We'll we'll be talking soon. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Rebecca Dutton is the president and CEO of the Janeway Foundation. $2.4 million uh, coming in for the Janeway Telethon yesterday absolutely outstanding and as they say of course for all our kids and donating is your superpower it is 416 here on news talk when we come back uh, we're going to be sticking a little in-house we got some exciting news around vocm and our stingray sister radio stations today when it comes to streaming we'll talk a bit about that with the senior vice president of brands with stingray radio steve jones just after this weekdays on vocm it's open line with your host patty daly join the conversation each morning from 9 a.m to noon on your VOCM. We get people talking. And welcome back. It's Greg Smith jumping in for Linda Swain here today. It's uh, coming up on 420 and some exciting news happening actually in-house here today at VOCM with our sister stations as well across the country. Uh, Of course, making up Stingray Radio and we obviously aren't unfamiliar to streaming. You catch us everywhere from the VOCM app to Radio Player Canada to the Stingray app. But now today we've added another notch to our streaming belt when we've been added to the lineup of iHeartRadio app and to talk a bit about that and the inclusion of that and all things uh, streaming when it comes to VOCM. We've got Steve Jones on the line. He is the Senior Vice President of Brands when it comes to Stingray Radio. Steve, how you doing, man? 
Awesome. Thanks for the opportunity to say hi. How are you? I have. It's been a while since I saw you face to face. Well, listen, no, it's great to get you on the line and have a chat about this. This is pretty exciting. It really is. We are one of the few broadcasters in Canada who have taken the, pro- the approach that we just need to make our content available wherever listeners are. In, in a lot of cases, broadcasters have tried to make the delivery system proprietary. And uh, as a result, there are a lot of radio apps out there, but not all of them have every radio station you might want. And Stingray's view is that uh, we should make it as easy as possible for listeners to tune in wherever they are and whatever device they're on. So... We've added um, our stations now to the iHeartRadio platform, and that is one of the biggest uh, radio streaming apps in the world with literally thousands of channels of radio stations and curated audio and podcasts from Canada and the U.S. and, and all around the world. And that'll augment our presence on the Radio Player Canada app, which has been a popular choice for listeners, as well as Stinger Music. You mentioned the VOCM app. Mm-hmm. And just our inclusion on um, smart speakers in in. Amazon Alexa and Google Home and uh, those devices. So we really are trying to make this content available to anyone, anywhere, on any platform and and not make the delivery system uh, proprietary, but make the content what people really seek out. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, when it comes to, to anything, everyone has their kind of a favorite uh, app or a different way of, of, of gathering information. And this just adds another extra layer to that, whether, you you know, you want to use the, the, whatever app it is or go to VOCM.com or tune into the radio like like, you, like people usually do. It just gives yeah, you that extra right, right. added. There's a radio. I should, yeah. can't forget about that. There's a radio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this all helps. And obviously, with the streaming, I guess, Steve, this is a, a great benefit, too, because, as you mentioned, smart speakers and things like that and, and, and cars and things things these days you can stream pretty much anywhere any any way with any device really right you really can and that's vitally important for a radio station like vocm first of all you know we are uh, we recognize that that for years vocm has been a, a sort of a, a lifeline uh to newfoundland and labrador and to those uh from the province who live all around the world and um vocm.com is one of the most visited canadian radio websites and VOCM's audio stream is one of the most listened to in the country for streaming audio. Uh, it is the most listened to in our company by far, and that is because there are people all over this country who call Newfoundland and Labrador home and, and tune in each day to seek out updates from home. And, of course, you know, across the province, people tune in and can now stream even in their car. They can connect their uh, phone to their uh, to their car. They can listen to um, the signal, you know, perhaps more, with more clarity than it than it's available with on the AM dial and without any dropouts. If they decide to drive to Corner Brook, you can listen, you know, continually the whole time on streaming. So there's uh, there are a lot of upsides to, to embracing streaming, both for listeners and for our company. And we're really excited to be adding the uh, iHeart platform as, as one of the options our listeners can use to, to, to get our content. I mean, it's just another way of progressing with, with the changing of the tides, too, right? I mean, we had this conversation last week when you were visiting us down here uh, in Newfoundland about how things are changing and adapting very quickly, and you got to kind of keep keep up with that pace. Sure. I mean, streaming has revolutionized how we consume television, too. The the number one you know TV channel in Canada every weekday evening is Netflix, and it's it's it doesn't have a traditional delivery system. Uh, people are now just uh, finding the digital content wherever it exists, and we're taking that same approach with audio. Amazing. Before I let you go, Steve, obviously people uh, wondering how to get this app and stuff. I mean, obviously just go to the app stores, but uh, anything else you want to add into that? 
No, wherever you know, wherever you get your apps, uh, whether it's Google and, and Android or, or Apple, whatever platform you're on, you should be able to find the iHeart Radio uh, app in the App Store uh, or Radio Player Canada or Stingray Music or the VOCM app itself. And we plan to deliver that rich content wherever you uh, and however you wish to get yeah, it's pretty exciting stuff. You can now find uh, your VOCM and all of our sister stations right across the country with the iHeartRadio app. Steve, exciting news today. Uh, glad to be able to share it with you. Thanks so much. Thanks. Have a great afternoon. See you. Steve Jones joins us, Senior Vice President of the Brands with Stingray Radio. And yes, you can now find us on the iHeartRadio app. Downloaded it this afternoon. Had a listen. We are coming through crystal clear. And it's nice to see that, uh, Claudette. Uh, pretty exciting stuff to be able to, wherever anybody wants to listen, they can find us now. That is a big deal because yeah. uh, just to echo some of Steve's uh, comments, the fact that uh, you could go through different parts of Newfoundland when you're driving on the Trans-Canada Highway and all of a sudden you dip out, mm-hmm. uh, probably Probably not going to be happening if on the iHeart app, which is really, really exciting. And also, for a brief moment, when it was in the news a long time ago, um, how Ford wasn't going to be having AM radio stations in their cars, mm-hmm. they retracted that, so they're still going to. But I thought, well, how are people going to get their VOCM? They're going to get it now through the iHeart radio app, which uh, to me is very exciting that AM radio lives on. Yeah, for sure. We're just adapting with this. <laughs> Exactly. It's phenomenal, exciting news for sure. So check it out. Uh, and of course, check us out on any streaming. Wherever you stream radio, you can find us. And of course, always right here on your radio dials and through VOCM.com uh, as well. I want to take you back into an event that happened over the weekend as we get closer to uh, news time here on your VOCM. The East Coast Trail Association. They had their biggest fundraiser of the year over the weekend. No, Claudette and I are both uh, big fans of the East Coast tra- Trail. Uh, they had their event in Pooch Cove. Uh, hundreds of hikers braved the rain. They gathered at the Anglican Church Hall for a feed of fish cakes and enjoyed some entertainment. Uh, VOCM's Ben Murphy and Jerry Lamackey hosted the event, actually. And Jerry Lamackey, while there, caught up with the association president, Randy Murphy, to discuss the day. It was a great day. We were planning for a hike to raise a, a lot of money. We raised $103,000, $3,000 beyond our, our limit. We had 506 people registered for the hike. 316 showed up today, along with 43 volunteers. So we, we had a great day. Uh, the, people, the, the experience of the trail was damp and foggy, but it never basically sort of dampened people's spirits. They came back here, they were pleased and happy with their hike, and enjoyed a great feed of Towton's baked beans and fish cakes. And this is the 20- 22nd year of the Trail Razor. This is our 22nd year of the, of the Trail Razor and our 29th year of operation. So it's a, it's a, it's a really a good expression. The number of people showed me was really a good expression of what people think of the trail and how much they love it, how much they want to share it and, sh- and, and support it in, in terms of coming out here despite the weather to have a great day. Right, in the entire association, there's what, three paid employees? We have three paid employees, exactly. And uh, in, in terms of permanent employees, we staff up with, with uh, trail crew in the summertime. Uh, but basically three permanent employees. Exactly. How important is this funding for, you know, keeping the East Coast Trail Association in operation? This is this is a, a critical funding for us because basically we use this uh, to leverage money from uh, provincial and federal funding programs, and without it, we couldn't do that. With this funding, uh, for instance, for every $20 raised, we can generate another $80. So with $100,000, we're getting another $400,000 in terms of funding that's available to us. So it's, it's critical. For anyone who has never been on the East Coast Trail. I wonder if you could speak to, you know, why you feel it's important. 
uh, our coastline uh, is, is second to none in the world. The raw natural beauty of our coastline along the eastern edge of the island, which is the East Coast Trail, or anywhere in this province, is just fantastic. And we need to get out there as, as residents and, and explore it and enjoy it and, and, and protect it. Because basically, if we, don't, if we don't stand up, protect it, and manage it well, uh, parts of it will disappear very quickly. We have a 336-kilometer uh, extended trail from Thompson Beach all the way to uh, Cap Hayden, and we want to make sure that that trail basically stays together uh, with a continuous walk, uh, not only for our use today, but basically for future generations to come as well. That's Randy Murphy, the uh, president of the East Coast Trail Association. They held their biggest fundraiser over the weekend, and uh, hundreds of people gathered and braved the rain to uh, to hike and gather the uh, Anglican Church there in Pooch Cove for a feed of fish cakes, enjoy some entertainment. Uh, of course, uh, you know, lots of people there, including Ben Murphy and Jerry Lynn Mackey, and Jerry Lynn did, did that interview while they were there hosting that event. So thanks to them for uh, for doing that over the weekend. Well, lots to come still here on News Talk. We're getting close to news time at 4.30, but before then, uh, just a little heads up on what's to come. Uh, Pi Media Group is getting set to release a magazine, expanding it here to Newfoundland and Labrador. We're going to be joined by the CEO of that magazine to talk a bit about the expansion and what you can expect in those uh, upcoming uh, publications. Plus, we're going to talk with the president of the FFAW Unifor. They're launching a campaign today that's for federal support for those impacted by the post-pandemic collapse of the snow crab fishery. So we'll talk to Greg Pretty about that, the detailed proposal that includes some income support requests for fish harvesters, fishery workers, and enterprise owners to address significant income shortages throughout this year and to provide the help that they need to make it to the next season. So all of this still ahead, plus whatever you want to chime in on, feel free to call in and talk news with us today here on News Talk. 709-273-5211-188590. VOCM, that is 8626. Take a break. Join us weekdays from 1230 to 1 p.m. as we discuss anything and everything that's happening now. It's all on the table during your VOCM lunch break. And welcome back to News Talk. It is Greg Smith jumping in for Linda Swain today. And right now we're going to talk news of a kind of a different sort. It doesn't always have to be crime or politics. It could always be a bit of relaxed and conversational uh, news when it comes to entertainment or many other things along that vein. And in studio, joining me right now is the CEO of a Pi Media Group. That is Sandra Roberts. Hi, Sandra. How are you? Hi. Fantastic. Oh, pop you? that little thing on the side of your head down. Oh, there, yep, we go. there you go. Right there, like that. Hello. Awesome. There you go. Loud and clear. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, tell us a bit about Pi Media Group before we dive into the Newfoundland piece here. Okay, so Pi Media Group started around 2005 with a passion to, for fashion, really. Like, it started with wanting to curate cool photos, and then it was like, who's in the photo? So then it became the story. So then the storytelling began really early, and um, it was international in content and then it went national in content and then <clears throat> 2008 I was spending a little time in Brigus and I went oh I need to be more local so I started focusing more on the Simcoe region in Ontario. Amazing. And now you're bringing this to Newfoundland and Labrador for the first time. Uh, first publication a couple of weeks away. A couple of weeks away, yeah. It's, um, you know, I've had always a passion for Newfoundland and Labrador and the stories that are being told here and wanting to tell them nationally. Mm-hmm. Um, featuring stories in the past of like Alan Hocko, Mary Walsh, Jeremy Charles, Fogo Island Inn, to name a few. And then, of course, the amazing Airbnbs and sharing that on a national um, scope. Right. So now it's like I want to be here more. So 
so <laughs> I want to immerse myself in the story. Amazing. So what, what is the connection to Newfoundland for you? Well, I actually, um, my mom and my dad are from Newfoundland. My mom's from Ramya. Um, when I was in grade two, my parents decided to move to Brigus from Barrie, Ontario. So I had the opportunity to be raised in Newfoundland, um, Brigus, and then to Ghouls, and then St. John's went to Bishops and, you know, left when I was 19 to start my life and, <laughs> you know, went back to Barrie, Ontario. So I literally have two homes and coming back every year, sometimes twice a year for the last 20 some odd years has um, always you know, made Newfoundland home for me. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Now, um, obviously, there's different tiers. So this you already mentioned, like the international, the national level, the local level. Now, coming to Newfoundland, local level. We'll call this a magazine. It's a bookazine uh, of, of sorts, I guess, is the terminology you use. But publications itself and print publications like that is a pretty risky business these days, isn't it? Well, you know, I've kind of lived through it all. Pandemic, cell phones, a recession. <clears throat> so I think that it's always, um, for me, th that luxury product, the tangibility, the the time that it takes to create a magazine, the time that it takes to read a magazine. And I think that it isn't the easiest um, business to be in, but it's probably certainly one of the most fun industries to be in. Yeah, for sure. So what do you mean by luxury? Because obviously <laughs> people are used to many different types of magazine publications, whether it's the weekly press or whatever. So what does it mean by a luxury publication? Here? Well, I actually use the term relaxed luxury. Okay. So I think that that's more about the value of time, space. Um, and, you know, I think it's just about, like, time, I think. And, it, and it's actually, like, the affordability of time, to me, is the ultimate in luxury. Who you spend your time with, what you're doing, and where you are. And to everybody, I think luxury is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Like, to me, luxury is right, right now staying in the, uh, the battery again, and outer battery, and waking up to the sound of the foghorn. And I think there's a <laughs> seagull um, across from me that's about to lay, that's about to hatch some eggs. So... That's luxury right this second yeah. for me, you know? Amazing. And then the food, of course, the feast is always a really big yeah. part of it. Um, the relaxed luxury in Newfoundland, I think, I think is world is world class. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been here seven times already this year. So and people <laughs> don't know if I've been back to Ontario or not. And I just, I already just extended my stay. I don't want to leave. So I think a lot of people feel that way when they come here because yeah. of the luxury of not just the land or the blueberry jam, but for me, it's also the <laughs> blueberry jam. But you know, it's like the forging and the feast and the family yeah. and the good music and overall just good vibes. Yeah, I mean the vibes come from all of that mm -hmm. and of course the personalities that go along with that as well I mean as you mentioned you've interviewed a number of people from here before and obviously the publication here is going to kind of go the similar vein so can we get a teaser on what might be coming up in this first episode well, edition I should say I was going to say episode but we're talking print so edition right right well it feels like an episode though yeah. you know it does feel like a book and you're in there so I'm pretty excited <laughs> to you know maybe um, indulge people in getting to know a little bit more about you mm -hmm. you know and your life and a different perspective like, I think we sometimes think we really know people, especially when there's a persona, a personality like right. yourself. I think, you know, the publication is lending itself to be, have a more intimate relationship with some of the people they already know, like Mary Walsh. Right. But we're not telling a story 
about Mary Walsh. Mary Walsh is telling us a story that she has not told before with photography <laughs> that is like amazing. Like the team of photographers and writers and people that are coming together on this issue in Newfoundland are outstanding. Like I, I'm getting like so much more from this than I thought I would when I started. Like it's a little overwhelming actually because I have to actually stop at some point and and print it and do it again. Yeah. <laughs> so how's the run of this going to work? Because obviously this takes a bit of work like you've got a couple of products here in my head yeah this takes a bit of time to put together you want to do it right so how many editions per year and all that kind of a thing well we're going to do four issues a year so there'll be three issues and the fourth issue will be a, a very featured edition at first i was just going to do two mm -hmm. until um pam purdy came to my life <laughs> and then my whole world has completely changed because i don't think it's even like we were talking about when we got here when i walked in mm -hmm. i'm like does she just tell people what she wants because i feel like <laughs> Everybody just says yes to her. So she's really paving the way to be able to produce four issues here because she has so many great relationships in the community mm -hmm. and in the province and beyond that the content, there's so much content that we can cover. So, you know, right now we're already trying to wrap up the first issue because we want to have a party of course mm -hmm. and then we'll get started on the next issue right away Amazing. so for a year i mean it's a lot of content but there is so much amazing content here to create yeah for and sure it's limitless so when are you anticipating the first issue to be out and where can people be able to find that at that time okay so the goal is i guess i'm quoted now aren't i yeah. <laughs> the first week of july and a lot of our advertisers will be the um and people in the magazine will be our main form of distribution to begin Right. So uh, luxury dealerships, um, you know, uh, museums, uh, restaurants, and I could name all of them, but there's quite a few um, to name at this point of people that are involved. Yeah. So and it'll be like a, a product that will be more gifted, right, rather than just stacks for free. And they do have a value like they will be for sale in chapters across the province um, for this issue, perhaps the next one. Mm -hmm. um, but really as well, charity events, goodie bags um, and wherever there's a good fit airbnbs of course yeah, yeah sure. that's like a main target there to hit people that are looking for the best places to go eat shop yeah no it's pretty <laughs> exciting and it's, it's cool that it's coming to newfoundland obviously and be able to hide out of that you said there is so much here and, and and it's a new way of doing things and looking at things and, and and to showcase this province and i'm all for showcasing this province so i think it's pretty exciting anybody interested in learning more about pie media group you got an online presence i can direct you to i do like right now my website's still in design because like this basically oh it's Pi Media Group. So, and the Instagram is PiNL. And I'm really looking forward to having more followers there and building more relationships. I'm communicating with so many people there, um, just introducing myself and people introducing themselves to me. It's an amazing platform to reach out. Amazing. So, I got to ask you before you go Pi Media Group, what, where does the name Pi come from? <laughs> it's like, you know, it's a little cliche, like piece of the pie, because cool. like we do more than just uh, publishing. We <laughs> party, we create content, you know, and and we really are an amazing, dynamic team of people. Amazing. Sandra Roberts, CEO <laughs> of Pi Media Group. So exactly what I was thinking the name came from, but I had to confirm it for myself. <laughs> uh, looking forward to the first edition. Thanks for uh, including myself, Ashley, and Ben and Jerry Lynn. You're VOC and Mornings as well. They're going to be featured as well, I do believe, in this upcoming uh, edition. Uh, thanks for this. We'll, we'll chat to you soon. Hey, can't wait. All thanks right. a lot. There you go. That is Sandra Roberts joining us in studio. Quick time out. When we come back, the president of the FFAW joins us. We're talking uh, all things fishery with Greg Pretty just after we do this.
Join Brian Medore weekdays at noon for a comprehensive update on news from every corner on all levels. Newsmakers, weather, and more. Join us on your VOCM at noon. And welcome back. It is Greg Smith jumping in for Linda Swain this afternoon. And we will be checking in with Greg Pretty in just a little while from the FFAW. And uh, we'll get you all caught up on what they have on the go today. If you missed the news a little earlier on that, the FFAW launched a campaign for federal support today for those who have been impacted by the post-pandemic collapse of the snow crab fishery. Um, So we'll get an update from Greg Pretty and get that on the air for you in just a matter of moments. So please. Please stay with us on that one. Let's talk some other news of the day. Uh, lots of things going on. And the question of the day uh, over at VOCM.com is uh, something that a lot of people have been talking about. I know we talked to Councillor Sandy Hickman uh, on the air about this uh, this morning. Jolene Grimes had a chat with him about it. I saw a Facebook group uh, pop up over the weekend, Claudette, that is promoting cleaning up our cities. Uh, and it's all around graffiti. Uh, should municipalities have dedicated teams to deal with uh, the proliferation of graffiti? I mean, I don't know if you can go anywhere around St. John's without seeing some graffiti these days. Yeah, and you know, depending on the graffiti, like some graffiti looks like beautiful artwork, mm-hmm. but the stuff that could be, you know, something a bit more nefarious, um, not very good to look at, especially if uh, you're bringing people in looking at the province and mm-hmm. then you're walking on these beautiful trails and then you look to your left and there's concrete with all of this just not nice looking stuff. Um, what I've noticed in the past, I, I think in CBS on one of their Kellogg's trails, they had this stuff um, put on the actual material so that it makes it harder for people to do put graffiti on it. But I feel that there's always ways around it. So I, I feel that no matter what you try to do, there's always going to be graffiti. Unless, you know, it would be interesting to hear from people to call our uh, program yeah. and find out, you know, what would be the solution for this? Maybe something dedicated for graffiti so it does look like artwork. But when it's random on stuff that costs a lot of money or even I've noticed it on local businesses, which yeah. I couldn't believe some really professional um, multi-provincial uh, businesses. And then all of a sudden somebody had the gall to ruin it i mean that's a lot of money yeah it is and you know i saw a video earlier today uh the guys behind the uh, the facebook account of uh, nl live events they're they're i think actually behind this help clean up our city because downtown st john's if you see some of the buildings that aren't occupied anymore or haven't been renovated yet yeah. they're just inundated it with is. all this graffiti on the stairwells on the fronts of the yeah. buildings i mean you know yeah some of it does come off as art but then after a while it just kind of builds up and builds up and builds up and kind of you know you want it to look better we got tourists coming here now the pedestrian yeah. mall is going to open soon you don't want people to be walking around downtown having an enjoyable experience in the pedestrian mall for example and then they make their way up the stairs to go to another part to get back to their cars it's just like it's a seedy kind of feeling it, it, it feels gross when you go by you don't feel safe sometimes yeah. depending on what you're looking at yeah for sure so if you want to chime in on that i would love to have the conversation around graffiti uh in our cities and in, in your towns i'm sure we're not the only ones here in st john's being affected by it. i'm sure all other communities are and I do believe I saw something on Twitter earlier today. The uh, the Federation, uh, uh, the Federal Council of Municipalities, the FCM, had a uh, a meeting up along, uh, I think, in the last week or two. And this was actually part of the, their discussions was around graffiti and stuff. So uh, anybody wants to chime in on it, I'm up for the conversation because, yeah, I mean, you want people to, to come.
come here and, and, and enjoy. Have, enjoy it. I mean, it's the same thing with the garbage all the time, you know? Oh, yeah. And there are a number of multi uh, cleanups and people are doing such a great job. But again, you know, why do people do it? I'd like to, even if people knew how to address the root of the problem, mm-hmm. like why are people doing it? Is it boredom? Yeah. Exactly. Um, is it to send a message to another group? Yeah. Or is it art, you know? And I think there's been a couple of arrests over the last little mm-hmm. while from the RNC from, from people doing this. And it doesn't seem to deter them, but maybe the more, you know, of that happening, maybe it does yeah. you know, add some determined to, to, to people who want to do that. And, yeah, anyway, it's an interesting conversation to have, I think. Are people doing it for a dare, for instance? Yeah. You just don't know. What's the reasoning behind yes. it? Yes. I was never that bored that I wanted to spray paint the building. Never. But, anyway. but you know what I used to do? <laughs> oh, 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 hang on. What did we do? Well, we, for some reason. I guess if dad didn't need gyprock back in the day, or if he was working on a project, there would be all this gyprock and pavement near our house. Yeah. And so we would just play games by drawing out the games on the pavement, which, you know, the rain will come by and it'll, it's complete innocent fun. <laughs> gyprock or chalk. You, you know, kids do that with their driveway, right? Hopscotch, that kind of thing. Things, yeah. Yeah, it's all the same. Anyway, chime in today. Love to hear from you on that. Uh, always up for the conversation. Anything around the news of the day, actually. Lots of things to talk about. Uh, that's just our question of the day. Should municipalities have dedicated teams to deal with the proliferation of graffiti? Uh, yes or no? And no surprise that uh, the majority of the vote saying uh, yes today. They do think there should be something done on that front. So uh, chime in if you feel like doing that for sure. Uh, lots of other news today. And one cool thing to happen this afternoon. Actually, Keith Sutherland was in town and launched a new whiskey uh, here in uh, Newfoundland and Labrador. And he's been, I think, touring around the Atlantic provinces over the last little while. So Richard Duggan was there uh, at that event today. And uh, he'll be uh, bringing us some of that as we go along. So uh, feel free to uh, stick around for that. In our 5 o'clock news, we'll get you some details on that, of course. Plus, lots of other news uh, of the day. And uh, one other thing that we attended today, actually, a new tire recycling facility has opened in the Conception Bay South, being operated by Coastal Tile Re- uh, Tire Recycling. Uh, their old tires are shredded and then turned into what is being called a tire-derived uh, adjutant. And uh, we'll bring you some of the details on that as well throughout the course of the evening. So if you want to stay tuned for that, a few uh, good stories from uh, a number of announcements that happened today. A good news story actually out of St. John's International Airport. I know a lot of people who like to frequent uh, Montreal uh, from time to time. There's now uh, an easier way and a, uh, an affordable way to get there. Lynx Air launched a new direct flight to uh, Montreal from St. John's uh, International Airport. Uh, it's their new Vapor Trail uh, there today. Uh, the inaugural flight took place this afternoon. The low-cost airline Lynx Air will fly Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays from St. John's to Montreal. And then Thursdays, uh, sorry, yeah, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from Montreal uh, back to St. John. So at the same time, they're launching service between Montreal and Calgary, and plans are in the works to expand to the other end of the country being Vancouver. They have a brand new fleet of Boeing 737 aircrafts, of course, and the COO of the country, uh, Vajay Basha, uh, saying, you know, they've uh, excited to make this happen, uh, making Montreal more accessible to the residents of Newfoundland and Labrador. And he adds that Lynx Air will ensure a great flying 
experience at an ultra affordable price. And they have a one-time seat sale on today and Tuesday fares as low as $59. Is that true? 59 bucks. Uh, I flew up to Halifax there uh, not too long ago and it was definitely a lot more than that. The CEO of the uh, St. John's International Airport Authority, Dennis Hogan, on hand today as well, saying Montreal is a critical route and this new flight uh, is going to help expand connectivity. You can see more about that announcement. Some pictures from the event up on our website this afternoon, vocm.com. Now, yeah, I was out in uh, Nova Scotia last week for a couple of days. And, uh, of course, they were experiencing those wildfires uh, out there uh, last week. And, thankfully, a lot of rain over the weekend. And I think uh, a lot more containment now over the last day or so. And, of course, wildfires happening in Quebec. Uh, I saw that uh, the, the, I think the border there, Quebec to Lab West, has been kind of shut down with these fires happening. There's wildfires in Alberta. And now, of course, in this province, we're not unfamiliar when it comes to wildfires. The Exploits MAJ uh, is questioning the wildfire preparedness in Newfoundland and Labrador. If you haven't heard the story today, uh, well, the MHJ is expressing concern about how prepared we are if a large fire were to break out here. Uh, Plainman Forest's district was hit with forest fires last summer, of course, deemed the largest in the history of Newfoundland and Labrador. One bo- water bomber out of commission currently. He wonders how capable the province is when it comes to tackling natural disasters. And he does say the fleet was constantly rotating in an attempt to tackle the multiple fires burning in Central last summer. But the province did, ha- did not have enough resources, and it did lead to the blaze escalating beyond control. Uh, quoting him here, saying, we certainly needed the fifth water bomber at that time, and we certainly need it now. Now, the minister responsible, Elvis Loveless, says it will probably be the end of the year before they decide where they are going to go with that fifth aircraft. So we'll keep an eye on that. But if you want to chime in on the preparedness of Newfoundland and Labrador when it comes to wildfires, certainly top of mind with so many... Uh, wildfire activities happening throughout the country uh, these days seems to be all I see on on some news feeds uh, as I uh, peruse the internet uh, throughout the day. One thing to be excited about as well, by the way, coming up in 2025, the Canada Summer Games. Preparations are well underway at MUN for the Summer Games. Construction work has begun at the new track and field facility, and pretty soon the renovations will get underway at the Acarina. Some changes have already taken place at that facility. Lower parking lot has been taken out of commission due to construction, of course, at the track and field facility. Uh, Jordan Wright, the 2025 Canada Games lead at MUN, says they recently went to tender on the work that needs to be completed at the AC Arena, and that process will close within a few weeks. Now, Wright says people can expect a lot of activity in that area over the next few years. And aside from the standard structural work, they'll be adding in spectator seating. They're going to be having some changes to their diving platforms, changes to water slides, new pools bulkheads, competition clock, and they'll have some upgrades coming to the change rooms as well at the Acarina. I know a lot of people excited around the 2025 Canada Summer Games coming here to the capital city. Uh, and of course, if you want to chime in on that and the preparations underway for that, love to hear from you as well. 709-273-5211-188-590 VOCM. That is 8626. A little traffic note for everybody here as well, by the way. I'm 
on the East Coast, both East and Westbound lanes of the Pitts Memorial between Kilbride and the downtown going to close to traffic this evening to allow for the completion of bridge work in the area. That closure is going to affect both directions from 7 to 9 tonight, and signs and traffic control uh, will be on site. But just a heads up, that's both East and Westbound lanes of the Pitts Memorial between Kilbride and the downtown to be closed to traffic this evening to allow the completion of bridge work in that area from 7 to 9 tonight. Signs, traffic control, of course, going to be key in that Claudette to, uh, to keep that uh, keep people, I guess, uh, you know, in the, the safe and, and clear zone there. Yeah, and you know, how often do we, we've been drilled on this information for so many weeks, but what are the chances that tonight I'm going to try to take Pitts Memorial between 7 and 9 tonight? I wouldn't say I'd be uh, <laughs> betting top dollar on that, but probably pet some top dollar on that. No kidding. So I wanted to switch gears for just a yeah. moment, not to put you on the spot or anything, but you had a very, very busy week slash mm. weekend. I know that you were host of the Janeway Telethon, yeah. but also you went to Halifax for yeah. a very important cause and you did so well. And I just wanted to know whether or not you can still donate to your cause. You can't right now. No, it's all okay. over. It was 10 week campaign that wrapped up on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Now, still some room to grow uh, because uh, obviously with the wildfires last week, it wasn't proper for the uh, the closing event that that was planned yeah. in Halifax to go forward. Uh, so they're going to reschedule that for a later date. Th- thanks for putting me on the spot. I wasn't going to talk about this. Anyway. I know. Uh, That's yeah. the Leukemia and Lymphoma, Lymphoma Society, Society of yeah. Canada. So we did the Visionary of the Year campaign and people were sick of me talking about it over 10 weeks. But, uh, <laughs> you had uh, so many events. I know, right? It was wonderful. So uh, big thank you to everybody for supporting that, though, while, while you put me on the spot. Because, yeah, uh, as a collective uh, province here and all the fundraising efforts, I mean, over 50 $3,000 raised uh, to help support blood cancer communities here at home. Uh, support and educational resources will be available, of course, to anybody going through a battle, who has gone through a battle, or God forbid will go through a battle every 24 minutes. Uh, somebody in this country gets diagnosed with a blood cancer. Uh, so, yeah, over $53,000 raised. Uh, we're in a top 10 finish in Canada within, uh, I think, it's like 30 or so uh, people who competed. Uh, we have room to grow because there will be an auction at that event at the end of June. So we could actually make, make, make even more. more. Yeah. Awesome. And thank you to everybody in Newfoundland Labrador who supported so many of the causes leading up to that event. And thanks to Claudia for, for plugging it all <laughs> for me. I put her on the spot. <laughs> all right. That's going to wrap it up for News Talk today. Uh, but Linda Swain, hopefully going to be back on the airwaves tomorrow. Been a bit of a blast hanging out over the course of the last hour. Continue to chime in on all the news of the day. Anytime here on your VOCM, you know the number, 709-273-5211 or 888-590-VOCM. That is 8626. Take care. Have a great evening.